0: The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Welcome to Scissoring Isn't a Thing. I'm Liz Cully. And I'm
1: Darren Carr. Did you like that game show voice that I did, Liz? I mean,
0: or no. I just want.
1: Yep. No, I- you weren't a fan. No, I get it. I get it. I, re- I know you well enough now. I just, just your smile, be pretty. That's all I oh need God, from you to I don't do. Know just I'm
0: pretty this morning, but accept
1: yep. me for me. But I do some-
0: accept you for you.
1: This is <laughs> this is a big week, Liz. This is a very big week. You know, every four years, we have something called a presidential election. Casual. I don't know if you're aware. I don't know oh, if you're aware. Yeah, I'm yeah. acutely aware. <laughs> I don't know if you're acutely aware or not. But we are dropping this episode on actual election day. Now, this is Tuesday, November 3rd. Obviously, there is – I try not to get too political on this show outside of our gay issues just because, listen, like – I am of the variety that I am happy to hear anybody's political views. I am open and willing to have a debate and an honest discussion about a lot of things. Like, So I'm not trying to alienate anyone, but it's important to pay attention to politics during this time and, and sure. get out your vote. If you're an educated voter, you certainly should feel that you have the right to vote in any sort of way. I'm not one of those people who says, like, if you don't vote, you're an American. Like, it's still your choice. I believe that it's your choice whether or not how you want to use your vote or abstain is your right. And uh, I respect anyone's opinion for how they want to handle it. That's just me personally. But it's been a time, and hopefully by the <laughs> by the end of this week, we'll actually have a an actual understanding of who was president. Because granted, we're recording this little intro a few days before we know the results. So it's hard for us to say definitively of what's going to happen. But from everything that I'm hearing, it's a little bit like – we may never know. Like, we're not going to know for three well, weeks. I know. I mean, know? that's the
0: crazy part in having a huge election like this during, you know, an unprecedented fucking pandemic is that everyone's yeah. had to kind of think about things differently. A lot of people voted by mail, which is fantastic. That's what I did. I, me too. And I know a lot of people are actually going to the polls. And if there's a wait and you're in line and you're listening to us, thank you so much for listening to us. And amen. Don't leave the polls <laughs> and, <laughs> fill the in, and fill and in, fill in circle. the circle and fill in that circle. But kind of random that we have a non-American on the show today. We have an old friend of mine, yeah. Maya Führer, who is a. She has a little umlaut
1: above the U, doesn't she? She does.
0: She does. She's an incredible photographer and artist. Ugh.
1: She can make a pastel look sexy.
0: She I mean, does make pastels look very sexy. We met when she was much younger. I don't even think she was 20 years old. We talk about it on the show. I met her while I was doing some work for Vice Magazine. And I had found her and I had cast her in this branded content piece, as I tend to do. And we stayed in touch over the years. And her you know, career has really been booming. And she is super open and interesting. And has worked with a lot of sex workers and putting them in high fashion shoots, which is beautiful.
1: I remember when you booked her and you were like, yo, just like peep her Instagram or you sent me like a portfolio. I can't really remember. Mm -hmm. And it was so, I don't know any other word you say this except like high fashion. Like maybe it's because I'm just not well versed in this type of stuff. Like I love art. I just don't, I'm not, I'm too ignorant to understand the proper terms for things, honestly, about art. You know I know.
0: And- but you know what's actually funny is that our episode a couple weeks ago was with Chantel Martin who oh, be still my heart.
1: I know you talk about wanting to like you know how you ask John Hill for sperm and you ask Brad, Brad Goreski for sperm. It's like I was just thinking to myself like Liz is so in love with Chantel Martin like she can't ask her for sperm. So what's Liz going to ask for this time? But yes. I don't
0: know. I was so nervous on that. I you were. I, I remember when we stopped recording and I was like, Darren, I fucked that up. You're like, no, you didn't. It's fine. And then I listened to the episode yeah. and it actually wasn't that bad. But you made kind of a similar comment where you're like, I don't know enough about art. And I, I liked that she kind of corrected you and said, that's a, like, OK, we it doesn't need yeah. to be this pretentious thing. And I think with Maya, she's really young and fresh and has a different perspective and pushing the boundaries her though for sure yeah i mean when i spent you know when i first met her and i spent this like wild night in toronto with all of these like 19 year olds i felt very don draper when he like goes down to the east side and like smokes fucking peyote or whatever he does and is like whoa these crazy hippie kids I kind of felt the same way but it's a really you know I I can't wait to see where her career goes because I think it's only going up quite frankly and it's
1: and her work really isn't just about the art but it's about like positivity in the sex work industry you know like and certainly on my other podcast martinis and murder you know there are there are a lot of murderers who believe that sex work is you're asking to be raped and murdered, you know, and there's a lot of like terrible people out there who think that just because your field of how you earn your living is in the sex the sex field, that therefore you're have every right to be abused and mistreated. And it's horrible. And it, it's the stigma, the fact that uh, finally society has moved from saying prostitute to sex worker almost is an, is an easy, you know, like it's part of the nomenclature now where I think like almost prostitute sounds like this dirty word, hopefully, uh, to a lot of people because most people, or at least not all, I hope, uh, but, but a lot of sex work is done completely voluntarily. It has nothing yeah, to well, do with child sex trafficking and being forced, you know, and, and being drugged. There are legitimate industries in the sex world and- yeah. We should be respecting of that. That is a your body, your choice. You get to earn a living how you see fit. As long as it's all voluntary, you're good.
0: Yeah. And I think she really brings kind of a glamour and a beauty to kind of even like old. Remember, like it's, old 80s playboys and hustlers. Like there was this God, kind I of love, like, that's over how I like glamour.
1: To, of course. I'd steal my dad's playboys and be like, what is this? You know, yeah, like ditto. boo, boo. But she does. She does this very high art, you know, thing, and she had a lot to say. And she's, you know, friends with these people. Develops really good relationships with 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 the people that she works with. And yeah. it was lovely to see. And just you know, her trying to bring awareness into this unfortunately still taboo industry. I think is worth worth noting, and certainly worth having on our podcast to talk to her. Yeah. So she was really no, it really was lovely. Really
0: fun to have her. I yeah. agree.
1: But did you also know, Liz, because it's voting week and it's very important and I get it, Mm -hmm. that it's actually finishing Asexual Awareness Week. Are you aware of this? I was not aware of this. Okay. Yes. All right. so So we have a lot of awarenesses. You know, we've talked about. There's uh, LGBTQ month. There's Pride month. There's, you know, we were talking about this for a lot. There's a lot of awareness weeks. There's bisexual awareness week. There's Mm -hmm. national coming out day. So asexual awareness week, there is a famous, well, there's probably more famous asexuals than we actually realize. I'm just saying there is a famous person who came out as an asexual that is known to be an asexual. Oh, And that person is Janine Garofalo. Do you remember Janine Garofalo? (laughs) Of
0: course I remember. Okay, I'm well, a, a child lot of, people of the know. 90s. A lot of people
1: didn't watch Wet Hot American Summer. You know what I mean? Like, come on.
0: Oh, my God. I can see Janine Garofalo being asexual. Do you want me to roll up the definition of asexual? Yeah, and- I
1: would. Because I, uh, mama, know, mama sees you typing with those nails. And I know. uh, Mama knows okay. you can. Yeah, look it up.
0: So asexual is the lack of sexual attraction to others or low or abstinent interest in the desire of sexual activity. It may be considered a sexual orientation or lack thereof. Yeah. Because I think so basically she's just like, yeah, I just like don't need to have sex. I can see that sex isn't on our agenda. You know what I mean? But that doesn't mean that she can't form intimacy with
1: other people. I mean, that's also an important thing is like you can have a really strong relation. I mean, look look at friends, right? Look at having friends. Some of my best friends in the world, I've told I've told things to that it's been hard in the past to talk to my ex-girlfriends about, you know, and so there's intimacy there that I don't necessarily get by just having sex with somebody. And, you know, I actually think that sometimes whether or not, uh, you know, she chose to be asexual or not, like clearly she did not she was born that way, I think just goes to show that relationships can kind of come in all forms. Like a bond can sort of come in all forms. It doesn't mean that she's lacking love. It doesn't mean anything. It's just that like sex isn't a thing for her. Just
0: isn't a thing. You know, I think and I also think it's important to talk about that. I think it's actually kind of interesting that we are juxtaposing these two things, right? Like we're we have Maya on the show who's shot these like huge icons in the sex industry. Totally. And then we're like talking about asexuality, which is kind of the lack of the need for all of that, which is kind of cool and random. Yeah, um, I think and it and just it's goes election to show day, which is like kind we don't of even you, know what the hell that is. Well, what the uh, fuck <laughs> that is. But yeah, no, I think it um, shows it's a
1: spectrum, though, and there's is. so many different colors in the rainbow, you know, and like just because you might, I might be red and I might be green doesn't mean that we don't have any sort of place on the rainbow spectrum. You know, like everything has a place. Every color has I deserves really love to be there. that you're
0: pulling up the rainbow spectrum. I well, don't know I am why the gayest person
1: giving... on this podcast, so why not? You, you are, know what I mean? Actually, I got to fall into that stereotype as best as I possibly can. But oh my God, that's so good. But Maya was a treat. I think we're all hoping this week ends in a treat and we will see how it all
0: goes. Mm, Crossing my fingers.
1: (laughs) But enjoy, as Liz looks at me with terror, abject terror, uh, (laughs) but enjoy this episode with Maya Fuhrer. Definitely check out her work. It is something to be seen.
0: Oh, also subscribe and rate the podcast.
1: Also that, please. Yes. (laughs)
0: Darren, yeah. I'm so excited you're in Los Angeles with me Dude, on so my home to, turf. So exciting to be here. I'm really excited for this. Scissoring isn't a thing. Me too. It's going to be good. Now, Darren and I always say that yeah. we know our guests. A lot of our guests are friends because God knows strangers. I've been Eskimo
1: <laughs> brothers with some of our guests. Strangers
0: <laughs> are a little skeptical about coming on the show. But uh-huh. Maya Fear yes. is here Thank today you. by way of Toronto. Wow. We met a million years ago. Yeah. I kind of, Maya, you'll laugh. The night that we spent together in Toronto, I kind of liken it to in Mad Men when he goes to the like West Village <laughs> and what like do you mean? hangs out and like is with all these cool kids and he's like trying to act like Don Draper when he goes to the West Village and everyone's on like mushrooms and he's trying to be cool. Oh, that's, that's right. how I felt the night that I went to Toronto. I was working with Vice and was putting together. All of these artists from all over, all over, excuse me, Canada for this project. Just a random Liz Cully. Don't have the same Rolodex
1: that you do because I've worked at literally one company my <laughs> entire like adult life. Like every brand Maya that she like brings up, she's like, "Oh yeah, I did like a huge ad campaign for them and Gucci." And I'm like,
0: "No, I, I did Bravo it. for nine. Okay, years. stop it. Anyway, but we met. I instantly fell in love with your work. I also want to let you know that you gifted me two photographs that are. Uh, Framed and in my home because you're an amazing photographer. Incredible photographer. She's photographed for The Fader, Vogue Italia, Nylon, ID. What am I missing? I thought I saw some Gucci shit in there. Maybe on your- Gucci I haven't
1: shot for, but Gucci I have like partnered It's a collab, yeah. Where I actually modeled. That's
2: right. Which was amazing. (laughs) Oh.
1: Casual flax. You're giving of your yeah. fucking prince. What the I, hell? Okay, you don't so remember that, do you? I don't
2: remember that. I don't know wow. what I don't know what universe I was in when we first met, but in my head, it's like 20 years ago. Because <laughs> I honestly don't remember giving you prints. You, I might have been drinking a bit too much at the time. Yeah, you came in, you were like seven um, years. Liz was like,
1: we saw each other two and a half years ago.
2: No,
0: no, no, it wasn't. It was like four all or five I remember years is ago. wearing overalls. You did I
1: might
2: have been overalls. in like a what? bit of like a what selective heavy... memory is that. <laughs> no, she did. I, I only remember what I'm wearing. That's like all Sorry. my all my memories are no we had this great yeah. night
0: she took me to these art shows what, print, what prints did I so give you, it by the is way? two prints those back. are worth one million dollars i know I'm actually you know what's funny is they're i not. told my wife she i was like these are they're worth not. so much money now <laughs> no, they're not they're really um not. one is of like a little pink purse with a little baby plastic thing yeah, I was
2: a baby when we met and I then know the, the photo and then the
0: other photo is the same color tone and it is a model Yes. You I love do. a dusted pink. I do. I love, love a, a dusted pink. pink. Anyways, your color palette, do. Thank you flesh, for those. Flesh color. Flesh, yes. Flesh. I, I appreciate it. I have them framed. Wow. And I Thanks t- for nothing, Maya. <laughs> Fuck you. No, <laughs> I, I, it's, well, we go back. Anyway, so we spent this night together in Toronto. It's the first and last time I've been in Toronto. I'd love to go back, but. Not a sexual night, I have to clarify, no Because the way that you're saying we spent a night together. Oh, comes across
1: romantically, like, whatever
0: you want to think, it's fine. Yeah, anyway, that's but fine. I, it's like your imagination. This, yeah, I hung out with your partner Chris, who I loved. We went to a Chloe Wise show. Mm-hmm. She's now pretty big. It was really fucking cool. Toronto is a cool city. It's a great city, and um we had a blast. It was isn't that yeah. so weird and random? I remember it being the first time I've
2: ever gone to a restaurant and had a bunch of like shared plates. Tapas. Wait, what? We went, I remember the we went agent, to the federal. Yeah, we went to the federal. And I remember there was like four plates in front of me. And I was like, whoa, this is what people do? Like sharing
1: dishes?
0: Wow, my- like, long was wow. so this? I don't what know. What are we talking about? 18th <laughs> century? It was <laughs> in 1993. I've, yeah. I was
1: like, I've never shared a meal no, but it with was somebody. Because you, you were sort of like
2: a boss figure at the time. Like you had sort of hired me on. And that dinner, it was like, oh, wow. This is like what fancy people do. They go and <laughs> oh they- God. They get a bunch of things and they share them and they it's drink just cocktails. It's funny that you oh thought of Liz God. as A, a boss and B, fancy. <laughs> yes. In my head, I was actually 15 years old then, but <laughs> yeah, in right. reality, no, I was 24 okay. years old. Oh um, but I think God. it was like How old the, one now? of my first like kind of corporate gigs. Yeah, you know it what was happened? definitely like, corporate. I, at the time, I was like kind of like full-time artist. Right. Um, well, 24 And you this young. was like a branded job. And I was like, this is fancy. And then you were such a great representation of, you know, people in the, in the fancy world.
1: I mean, I will say she is a great representation. You do bring like bouge, you bring like accessible bouge into my life. It's like, I'm not like a bougie person. You know what I mean? Or like, I feel like I'm so nerdy and I just like, I am who I am. Like, I'm kind of like goofy. And Liz will be talking about something, like some type of brand or she's like dropping language to me. And I know that it's so important, but the way that she does it makes me feel like I'm not an idiot I and hate not myself. on the. And the this why this? Is, this is, I'm, ta- is so I'm literally weird. giving you a compliment. Well, thank
0: you. I'm so embarrassed. I'm you like- make
1: it. You make it fun because I feel like that level of bouge and label and stuff is very intimidating for someone who's not really involved
0: in it. And you make it seem like I don't feel like I'm an outsider too. Wow! It. So thanks. thank you. Thanks, yeah. everyone. Well, I'm down to uh, share plates anytime you'd like. Share plates is. Number one fancy meal. I Number guess one fancy it is. Um, but anyway, yeah, we did this campaign together. We kept in touch or I yeah. followed your career. Yeah. You modeled and shot for Gucci. You've worked for Brazers. Not only, I think, have you made such a name for yourself in fashion, but what's also interesting, you kind of are this producer, one-stop shop, so to speak, of creative, but then also has, you have the ability to get your work placed, which just so for, smart, which for all the people that are listening out there, that's actually like, the fucking hardest thing. How did you cultivate, especially from Canada, all these relationships with these magazines so quickly?
1: Yeah. And so, at a young age. I mean, it wasn't just the pace, it's your experience. Like you like feel like nailed it right from the start. Yes. So the internet is my answer.
2: Oh, okay. I, I What's think that? When, when I started taking photos, uh, it was during the Tumblr era. Oh, and that all was, right, oh, uh, yeah. yes, the, the was the man Which was heavy and tum- porn.
1: Like a lot of pages were, yeah. I felt like that was how Tumblr kind of got its yeah, start. But yeah, but like porn gifts,
2: yes, if of that's course. your thing. Yes, if that's your thing. I yes. feel like I never really utilized that, but I did use it as like a creative outlet. Yeah, so I would put all my photographs there, Smart. and which is actually how I Tumblr, Tumblr found you. Yeah, and it was super anonymous as well. Like it's not like Instagram or other outlets where you can tell where someone's based. Mm-hmm. Like Tumblr was like this weird sus pool where. I think a lot of people actually thought I was based in New York and L.A. Yeah. And I would email a lot. Like I've always been a hustler. I'm like constantly pitching stories, setting up meetings and stuff like that. So I would go to New York a lot when I was first starting and I would party a lot in New York. No, I I
0: remember that. Make
2: meetings and... When I really look back, to I'm do pretty sure I'm just a hack. Like people honestly thought I was based in New York and I wouldn't really correct them.
0: Well, why would you? Yeah. yeah and you can pop down from Toronto pretty quickly. Yeah, like a, it's like it's an hour. From. Yeah, exactly.
2: So I think that was a big part of it. Well, Vice, like speaking of Vice, yeah. like that's how we met. My very first photo shoot was called Garbage Girls.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah.
2: And I don't know if you saw that, but I photographed woman in their really messy bedrooms and that sort of went viral like yeah. huffington post interviewed me and it was just like all over the internet and it that, made my ocd flare up yes highly that makes sense but it was a great photo shoot yeah, yeah thank you <laughs> yeah so a lot of people heard of me through that shoot and then i i was just really savvy with the internet with instagram with my tumblr Emailing people
1: and so yeah, being your best advocate,
0: being yeah. your own best advocate. Do you get to choose like from brazier who you work with, or how, do they come to you and say, "Hey, we want to feature Nina Hartley or Belladonna or whoever it is"? Like, how do you kind of figure that out? I pick and
2: choose. Like Brazzer's has maybe thirty women who they represent, mm-hmm. and I was looking through all of them and. Yeah. My first choice was Nina Hartley because I saw her in her big like balloon breasts and I was like, I want to shoot her. And then. (laughs) It's a natural thought. Right. Exactly.
1: It's a natural thought. (laughs) Yeah. I I pick and choose. I'm like, who am I inspired by? How much of your sexuality plays into your professional career? Like what kind of lens is a pansexual photographer bringing to the porn industry that maybe a cis het might not bring?
2: And does it affect it at all? That's a good question. I think it's mostly the interaction um, between me and the porn stars. Like every single one says like how refreshing it is to have a woman shooting them and how comfortable they are. So it's definitely much better than having like just a a male gaze behind the camera because it's actually like magic going, going on between me and the subject. I have a very like unique way of taking photos as well. Like it's, I'm not just a machine. I'm not just a camera, like documenting them. Like it's really important. Like the conversations we're having on set.
1: I'm imagining that for me, at least like, and I'm going to sort of loosely relate this sort of my own life, but you know, when I was going on dates with women and I was, I was meeting women on Tinder, right. Which is essentially kind of a blind date. Like, you know what they look like, but easily you can be catfished. Like who knows kind of what you're getting. And I remember one of my first dates with this woman she didn't drink. She was sort of, and she she smoked a lot. And so she wanted our first date to be like smoking because it relaxed her. Weed or cigarettes? A weed. And um, she was a sex therapist, very sex positivity. And so our first date was me going to her apartment and smoking weed and like getting to know each other. Hey, really? Yeah. Our
0: first date, like I knocked on her apartment door and like didn't know what I was going to expect. Which by the way, just to stop you, that's interesting from a lesbian dating perspective because I Doubt if that was a more heterosexual. This is my point. Yeah, oh, sorry. There was
1: no. This was my point. Is I that scooped you. If I was a heterosexual or I was pansexual, whatever I was, and I was going on a date with a man, I would never do that. I would never meet at their apartment. And there's some sort of like safe space with a female or someone that understands maybe the human condition or how you are. And I'm imagining that's sort of what you bring to your photo shoots. Like you, there's this like softness to you and this relatability that I think is probably not what they can get from like the male, a male in the same way, a cishet male, probably. Right. Is there a safer space? Is that kind of a way to? Yeah,
2: I would say I, yeah, I definitely create a very safe space. It's hard to speak like on the porn star's behalf because they love sex. They love performing. Of course. And I think for them, it, it doesn't really matter who's behind the lens because like, they're so in the moment and like, you know, they're, in control. Mm -hmm. The woman that I shoot anyway, that. And do you exclusively shoot women or do you shoot no men? I shot Ricky Johnson porn star on Monday. Oh, very cool. He was actually my first male porn star.
0: What was that like? Was that different? Absolutely
2: amazing. Weirdly enough, I was so comfortable around him, like arguably more comfortable around him than I was around like someone like a Bella Danger. For me, it's not. I really don't like stereotype gender. So just because he's a male porn star, I didn't go in there being like, oh, the, he's going to be a man and it's going to be this experience. I went in with an open mind and he was like the sweetest, sweetest guy. Oh, I love that. And What I, was the theme of the shoot? The theme of the shoot was very like fashion oriented. We used brands like Hardiman. She does these like weird asymmetrical lines like this. We, we put him in like so many weird outfits, but like A a very small little denim jacket that like showed like his breast on the side, and I put my clip-on earrings on him. He was like super cool and open, and I'm actually really lucky that he was my first experience with a male porn star, because not with. Sorry, I did not fuck him. That sounded bad. Um, because professionally, yeah, he's really dedicated to pleasing women and to connecting with them and pleasuring them and he's very like romantic like that's his whole it's not a persona that's just who he is interesting and that's pretty rare for male porn stars because a lot of the time when you watch it it's just like bang 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 you right. know that there's a type that's clearly that's how he well, got
1: started like yeah, you just say is, that but he's a
2: am- he was a Ricky Johnson's amazing like he's re- eye contact's really important to him like i did all these videos interviewing him about pleasuring women and he made like he made a a hand gesture over his penis to show, like, if he had a vagina, this is where the clitoris is. And he did this little diagram. Oh, wow. Okay, He was, like,
1: so, so cool. So can he teach
2: the next generation about, like, sex ed? Like, yeah, he needs to be a no, sex that, ed, like, and No, and that's what's important to me is I'm not just shooting these porn stars. I do videos every every single shoot because I, sexual education is really important to me. Yeah. And for him, I wanted him to talk about it so all of his, like, young male fans can learn from him about how to please a woman. I love that.
1: Because he's good at it. Are I love you that. are you a porn watcher, like, in your own personal life? Yes. And are you able to sort of separate maybe, like, what you do when you watch porn? Or you're like, ugh, the production value on this. Like, it takes <laughs> me out of it. And is your, is your pansexuality reflected in the porn that you watch?
2: Yeah, I really switch it up. Okay. I like all sorts of porn. I thought it was funny that your podcast is called Scissoring is Not a Thing, because I actually like trib porn. So that's why what's I was like, that? wait, what's that? Well, tripping what? is like another word for scissor.
0: scissoring. Oh, oh wow. Do your research. Oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, you have a For, the, about for the record, I knew what tripping was. Okay. Well, you <laughs> know and what? your
1: wife thinks scissoring isn't a thing, Liz,
0: so you really got to. No, she thinks it is a thing. That's what I'm saying. She thinks it's a yeah, thing, so you got to get that. Okay, so you, okay, so you watch scissor
1: porn. Yeah, sometimes I do. Cute. God. But I think when you, when I think, you know, when I hear like and i'm using cishet as like as a general term because i don't yeah. want to speak for everyone right but in in the in the nomenclature of what i hear when people talk about scissoring i you know and you make that gesture of doing that if you really think about this, that doesn't feel good for anybody. No one wants to bump fucking vaginas. Like as a general, Speak for yourself. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> exactly. But like, but just like bouncing just clits just, off each other no, it, doesn't is not appealing to anybody. Yeah. It's more of like a movement yeah. rather than people doing this.
0: And so I think that's really like
1: where it got started. Where I was like, yeah, scissoring
0: like that, like that isn't a thing. Um, do you feel like since you've started working more? With porn stars and porn, have you watched more porn, less porn, same mm. porn? Is it open you your eyes, sensitized to it at all? I don't watch that much porn because I have a, a very
2: great sex life with my partner. I think uh, for like people in relationships, porn can be important if you're if you're not getting something in the relationship and you would like to like fantasy experience that porn's a really good way mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah, that's just like. My overall motto is that generalizing and having labels yeah. for me in my personal life is like not what I believe in. Like I am attracted to all sorts of things. I'm like super open. Um, I don't think just because you're straight, it means that you can't watch. There's not two women that you would like to see totally sex. And there's lots of different outlets. There's lots of sites like LGBTQ. There's a lot of queer sites. There's people like Brooke Candy. I don't know if you've seen her porn. Uh,
0: I, Wait, Brooke has done a porn? Yeah,
2: she directed a really amazing porn that stars a Bella Danger. It's like all shot on VHS. It's super That's artistic. Cool. Brooke is the and shit. Do you know who it, Brooke
0: is? I don't think so. She's many things, model, artist, obviously now director, but she's a singer-rapper. And actually, <laughs> it's funny because I interviewed her quite some time ago when I worked at Space. Um, Another name drop of a company, that Oh, MySpace. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Did, so I did. I did. Now you're aging yourself here. Um, no, I worked at like the last version of MySpace, so it wasn't that long ago. Sure. But But um, I interviewed her. She. Uh, it's interesting. A lot of people like in Reddit or in other internet world will say that Lady Gaga kind of like ripped a lot from Brooke Candy. She. Huh. It, she's fascinating. I anyway, you it. should look her up. She's really cool. Watch she's, her porn. Yeah. I, but is she in the porn? Ah uh, no, she just directed it. Oh, okay, cool. It's really great. It's called Love.
2: Love, oh, um, that's pretty. but I think yeah. what where the porn industry is mostly evolved is with like social media and Instagram, yeah. where porn stars are known for their personality and they have full reign on what they post and you know, what they wear and what they talk about because Instagram is their outlet to show right. their personality. So that's mostly where it's evolved, where porn stars aren't this like fantasy made up. They can control
1: character. their image a lot more. Yeah,
2: like you're actually like fans of like who they are as people.
0: I am. I, I follow a ton
2: of porn stars. Mm.
0: Um, yeah. <laughs> well, <it's, laughs> stop it. Is there somebody you'd love to work with that you haven't worked with yet? I actually want to shoot for Sean Cody. I want to shoot mm. some, I want to shoot
2: like a group of like 10 ripped jocks that'd be hot together Hell yeah! like kind of kelvin klein style like yeah in the 90s i don't have anyone in mind in particular but yeah i definitely want to shoot some gay guys together
0: you know going back to kind of because you don't just shoot porn stars and you don't just work with browsers you do so many other things mm-hmm. um and you're also a gucci model which is fucking <laughs> casual but what is it like working in the fashion world i mean i i have this kind of probably archaic vision of what it's like to work in fashion where it's like cutthroat and mean and like uh, and everyone's on cocaine and like drinking fucking dom and like is that it like that true but i don't know so much more layers like chain smoking cigs like what is it like yeah, working there's a in lot fashion? of like
2: unnecessary stress Really? Because for me, I'm like, I'm very mellow and I bring that to my fashion work. So yeah, I do notice a lot of people are just like emailing. Yeah, just like there's like this stress. But I think it's because it's like the urgency of actually like releasing the photographs and like all of the pre-production that goes into having a fashion brand. Like you have to be prepared a year in advance to launch a line. So they are stressed for a reason, but it's a stress I can't relate to because- it's like this whole instant fashion thing it's like is it in is it trendy like you know are we doing the right thing like it's a lot of them almost treat it as like it's a gamble it's almost like being in a room with a bunch of gamblers oh
0: that's and it's like on some, cocaine no i don't think they're sex, on cocaine it's not quite drinking that Domperion. they're not like you know yeah, a lot of people do cocaine yeah everyone does coke i just learned that <laughs> i went to new I've york i've never done coke don't not it, once don't do have a cigarette never don't I, think. I don't recommend I, I just i don't recommend
1: either yeah i went to new york appealing.
0: and i was like damn everybody does coke that's why everyone's awake holy shit well, also
1: like new york never closes you know what i mean like there's no reason to go to bed because everything's is, oh, like,
0: <laughs> there is everyone should go to bed by one <laughs> yeah, o'clock yeah yeah right you know.
1: I want to shift just 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 a few. I know we've been going for a little bit, but you've been in a relationship with your partner for seven years. Did I hear that correctly? Mm-hmm. Are you monogamous?
2: We are at this point. We have explored where we had a girlfriend together. A Like, so, like yeah, a, a long-term girlfriend. And yeah, it was a beautiful experience. But right now we're monogamous.
1: And does that affect your work at all is there any like jealousy there like how how would your partner identify pansexual as well not at all Mm, no he's straight okay and it's just like he
2: he's not the stereotypical straight man like yeah i I don't even know how to explain it but in terms of like sexuality no he does not like he prefers he doesn't like a penis he likes women
0: um but i wouldn't call him like a
2: cis Straight guy,
0: and I I think for me, if I can, because I'm an outsider, but I think Chris is incredible. He's also a creative. Chris is her partner. Yeah, he's an artist. He's a creative. So I think when you're when you're vibrating on that, like when you're an artist and you're open and cool, like and you see the world in a different way, I think you're right. Like I wouldn't call him like a broed out straight dude. He obviously prefers, prefers sexually women. women, but I think he's just a really fucking cool dude. Yeah, <laughs> also tell him amazing. I said hi.
2: I will. Chris Levitt, he's amazing. He really he's the is. best partner.
0: We like and you guys were really young when I met you mm-hmm. guys. And it was cu- it was really cool to meet them because you were so supportive of each other and not only in your relationship, but I would say primarily as artists. You know what I mean? It didn't seem to me like there was any jealousy there. It was really just like you guys were young and you were creative and you were making these things in your different ways. And I'm really happy to see that all these years later, you guys are still in a relationship. And I kind of always, I do sound like a fucking old lady right now. I was always really hopeful that you guys would at least remain friends or whatever it was, because it was a really beautiful thing to see how supportive you guys are. And and I think what's really interesting, you know, a lot of men it's hard for them to support their female partner, especially if you're in kind of the same industry. And sure. I think that just shows his maturity and that he's not some fucking bro out dude. He's really like a kind, interesting person. Anyway, that well, was my it's swan it's song. On, it's, it's, just just on. Inter- it's just interesting because, you know, when you say like straight,
1: male, you know, and then you can toss in like straight white male, which I feel like is a lot of people, but just straight male. There's definitely these stereotypes of like what they are. And I find that if you're not like that, like my brother's a very like sensitive guy and yes, he's a straight white male, but I wouldn't describe him in the same, you know what? Just like kind of the struggle you were going through. It's like, yes, he's a straight male, but. It it doesn't belong with all those stereotypes that kind of come with it. And it's just interesting when people have to sort of caveat that now, right? Like it's almost a bad thing to be a straight male. And in society, (laughs) even though it's perfectly normal to be a straight male, like, yeah, yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. But to your point, there's definitely this. Like oh she's with like a straight male like I wonder what like what abuse she's running through and this and that and, like there's just these all these stereotypes that get piled on yeah and, and I was wondering and how you especially handle especially
2: in a three way relationship right like right. it's easy for me to say on air like yes we had a girlfriend and for people to be like oh yeah lucky he guy got, you know like you two night. girls of course it's right. girls and he's not okay with a guy but so it's like not like that at all it's like such a magical like. Like relationship where we all like respect each other, and if anything, like I'm the bro yeah. when it comes <laughs> to like adding a third partner. Whose
1: idea was it, if you don't mind me asking, to bring in the third? Was it, it just kind of happened naturally? Yeah, it was mutual.
0: Oh, nice! And you just yeah. like
1: had the conversation. You're both like pretty open to it. Yeah, that's
0: awesome. I and also, that. I love how you're like, this is not that complicated. It, it doesn't might, have well, to no be. but don't get me
2: wrong it is ca- like jealousy is a, a real very thing. natural emotion I cannot sit here and say that there's no jealousy like yeah. there's a lot but that also adds like fuel to the fire and like makes you realize how much you really love each other like when you see them divide their attention with another human you're like whoa like I want you it's like it's a trip and it actually made me like appreciate him so much more Seeing it from afar, like being a photographer and being an observer and a voyeur, seeing him like share love with someone else. I was like, oh, whoa, that's, that's how lucky I am. Like seeing it
1: from afar. Does that make sense? God, you're so evolved. I'm I'm always so interested in it because I've, I've always been very open in terms of how relationships can be defined. Like I'm so not like monogamy or bust. Um, like monogamish is sort of i feel like what you guys had like that's kind of how it would be described but i always feel like there's these terms jealousy or whatever that have such these negative connotations that i think people automatically assume that because you're jealous it's a negative thing but you can turn it into a positive and be like well what am i learning from this why am i jealous i don't hate her i love i love her or whatever i think she's sexy i want to be with her but it just goes to show that like maybe i want more attention from my guy maybe i want less Uh, And you can learn so much about yourself by having these quote unquote negative emotions and they don't necessarily need to rule your life. I mean, I definitely think you can learn a lot about yourself by putting yourself into that situation and not for nothing, a relationship between just two people involves jealousy and complications and things like that. It's not just having that extra third person. And so it's nice to hear about someone who can sort of bring this other unit into a perfectly healthy relationship. Maybe be jealous and learn so much more and either want to do it again or not. And it's not it's not that big of a deal in terms of it's going to ruin your relationship forever. I just think that that's really important. Like, I think people need to start redefining what a successful relationship can look like Yeah, in yeah. general. And
2: communication is so important. It's yeah. the number one like thing. Like, the darkest side of jealousy is when some one person is lying and then the, the jealousy just grows and grows with the right. other person because they're just, like, feeling they're getting an intuition about the other person. I feel like that's where je- jealousy can get really ugly. Yeah, it's like you can just spiral. If one person's actually lying, right? Yeah. Um, but if there's an open communication, it's like jealousy can actually be really sexy, really sexy.
0: Ooh, I know you're so really good. educating us. What about, you? do you get jealous? Like- I do. Rachel makes fun of me that I am jealous all of the time. It's just more like people really, people are funny with my wife. I think she doesn't give people a lot if I'm being honest with you. And people kind of like put her on a pedestal. She talks about it a lot. She's like, that person does not know me. And they like are obsessed with me because I don't give them Ooh, anything. she? She's a therapist. Exactly. Like my oh, girlfriend, she's a therapist. Um, yeah, my wife's a therapist. Wow. So she's, She really understands the human mind. She could fuck with us, I'm no, sure. No, yeah. she's great. She's super smart. I think she's super sexy. I do get jealous. She does not get jealous at all about me. And I'm like, hmm. She knows I'm not going anywhere. Do you know what I mean? And I think she also knows I love to flirt and I love attention and whatever. But like, I also made a very strong commitment in front of a lot of people that never probably thought I would do it. And so I honor that and I really respect our relationship. Trust each other. Yeah, we do trust each other. And I think, you know, I just get jealous because people like her more than they like me. Mm, Said it. I've never even met her and I already like her more than I like her. (laughs) I definitely do. I think Uh, they're just trying to get free therapy.
1: Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that's
0: right. It's like they're in the club. They're like, "Hi, um, can I talk to you, please?" Yeah, right. problem. People do that. Actually, you know, I had a friend that I grew up with, and she really crossed a line and asked to speak to Rachel while we were on vacation because she was quote going through something and that and i was so stupid and gave her rachel's phone number and mm. i now have made the distinction where i'm like nah dude you can't fucking get free therapy yeah you got
1: to protect her absolutely too. she's yeah. also
0: pretty like nah i'm straight like give me my fee and we can talk about it also this she's a skill. very very profesh when it comes to like if she knows that one of her clients is going to be somewhere she just won't go she doesn't want yeah she's like very respectful so. My dad's a psychologist. And oh, I would amazing. always
2: run into his clients like at, you know, the mall or something when we oh, were younger shit. and it was always just the most awkward interaction. Yeah. Where I was like, how do you know them? And he's like, oh, nothing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So you can't say it. Yeah, you, know? you can't, can't say it. You can't yeah. say
1: it. Like you can't even be like, oh yeah, well, they're going through a tough divorce right now. Like, yeah, you, you can't that's say like, shit. It ruins the entire integrity of the thing. I'm more like you where I am not a jealous person, but I think that like if someone hits on my girlfriend, which happens I like kind of love it. And I'm like, yeah, of course you're hitting on my girlfriend. My girlfriend's hot. My girlfriend's beautiful. My girlfriend's smart. Like to me, it sort of reinstates why I fell in love with her. Like I totally understand why people find her attractive and that like empowers the relationship even more. But I look at jealousy as something like it's definitely a turn on in a way. Like if she was giving attention to somebody else, I wouldn't say like, fuck you. Like I deserve all your attention.
0: I'm like, how do I get her attention back to me. Interesting. Okay. All you guys are doing is like winking at each other and smirking. <laughs> oh, yes. So yeah. I need to definitely get up on. I'm I'm going to take, I'm learning <gasps> and I'm going to take this on because usually I'm like, I'm about to fight a bitch in a club you and shake a hoe. You, need to, ho. that, you oh. need to have Zen. dudes. I have no dude. Zen.
1: We saged this place. And Maya was like, "Yeah, you're just getting rid of the energy of the next one, putting my energy oh, into it." And I was I do like, like, that? That's actually very smart." And I was like, "Yeah, we're kind of we kind of are doing that." Um, what's next for you? Yeah, Great like question. what's on the docket?
2: I'm yes. shooting a magazine cover next week for Daphne Magazine. It's Ooh. this musician, Amal Nux. Ooh. Um, I love shooting magazine covers because then I get to see them all around town. You know?
0: Do you frame it- them?
2: I d- yeah, I actually did. Yeah. In my last art exhibition, I had a framed magazine. Amazing. Oh, cool. Yes. And then I'm shooting in LA next week. I'm shooting Ken. I'm coming back here, shooting this young pop star, Kenzie, who is- she I know on- Kenzie.
1: Yeah. I know Kenzie. yeah How do you know her? My girlfriend's in music. Okay. So I know a lot of like underground,
0: like up and coming artists, but also just like, I kind of hear about these people before they- blast off because i really don't know it's like really important and really famous and everybody's telling her already. yes i believe it that's really it. end of sentence Everything. and that's
1: why i'm that important
0: uh <laughs> but she often introduces me to
1: stuff that maybe the general public the liz Cullys of the world wouldn't know about yet because she's not cool or famous yet mm-hmm. <laughs> true but that's how i know
0: do you have a whole theme for kenzie yet yeah i'm
2: actually shooting yeah. her in her home in her bedroom so her bedroom is like a typical teenage bedroom where she has like a collage of photographs oh, and like cute. all her inspiration I love it. all along the walls. It's like a Pinterest gonna be,
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. It's going to be super 90s. Ooh. Uh, you know, like cool girl in her bedroom.
0: Actually, you know, what's really funny is that I was looking through photos because I was on our friend's podcast and show the other day and we wanted to see, which I'll show you the pictures of us as 15 year olds. This is what my room looked like when I was a teenager. I'm wow. showing her. A picture of my room. Bob Marley. In, I also loved Bob Marley. My room in boarding school, um, and it just had photos everywhere because I was living on the East Coast and I missed home so much. And I took—I was the kid that always had like the throwaway camera or the camera at all times. Um, so yeah, funny, right? Yeah, a lot of dogs, a lot of R. my dog Kiwi, R.I.P.
2: Kiwi. Golden
1: Gate Bridge.
0: Well, that's where I'm from, San Francisco. Cute. So I missed it. Maya, where can people find your oh, yeah. work? Where can they yeah, find you? Where, they where can they, they can follow, you, follow you and stalk
1: you and do all that stuff okay, with so your dusty pink?
2: my Yeah, my dusty pink world. And yeah. My flesh tone.
1: They love a flesh.
2: M-A-Y-A-F-U-H-R dot com. And that's my Instagram name as well.
1: You I don't do Twitter. Your last name does feel like it should have an umlaut above the U. Did it like you used to? And like you, had, you, you got like- My sister spells it like that. Does oh, she? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's just a cool little- Quirk,
2: yeah, a little quirky thing. And it also looks two two like a smiley face you. if you do that. Yeah, my sister has a clothing company. She calls it Fear with the two dots above. Oh,
1: that's cool. Yeah, God, you guys are so cool. I know. I hate when all the creativity in the world goes to one fucking family. <laughs> it's like so, I'm, and I know. What, now this is the shitty jealousy in me coming out. Yeah, I was gonna. I say. now hate you. I've turned. I change everything I
0: said. It's well, over. please follow Maya. Oh, I yes, think, she's so amazing and incredible. Glad that we kept in touch all these years and. I just can't wait to see what else is next for you because it doesn't stop. Thank you. Yeah, you'll
1: maybe you'll shoot the cover of Scissoring Magazine, which Liz and I should start. Oh, yeah. One thousand Inaugural percent. issue of Scissoring. Oh, my God. I would die. Don't take it. Trademark. Okay. Thanks, Maya, for being here. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: Thank you for listening to Scissoring Isn't a Thing. See you next Tuesday.